Let's bring in our good buddy from the Toronto Star, Bruce Arthur. Bruce, how's it going, man? Andy, how are you, man? Why are you talking about RG3? We're just starting off on such a sad note. <laughs> I know. Well, we were comparing him to Deshaun Watson, and hopefully that Deshaun doesn't follow that path after that knee injury. Because if you look at what he did, Bruce, over just seven games, 19 touchdowns. Like, this guy took the league by storm last year. Yeah, no, I remember, like, I can't remember if it was this college coach who said, like, I've never seen anything like this guy. This guy's going to be like Michael Jordan. And yeah. Well, I'm not so sure about that. And then one, the, the funny thing about Sean Watson is last year's football season, what do you remember about that season that was good, right? And, like, not mm-hmm. the kneeling, not yeah. the Kaepernick talk, not all that stuff. The stuff you remember was the, there, was a, there, was a, there was a few things, but mostly, mostly for me it was Deshaun Watson right up until the point he got hurt was the best thing about that entire NFL season. Well, sure, sure. And now you bring back J.J. Watt to that team, and it's going to be uh, an exciting division there in the AFC South. Uh, but, Bruce, let's uh, swing over to the Blue Jays a little bit here. And during a miserable Jays season with not a whole lot to cheer for, we are keeping an eye the Vladdy tracker with Vlad Guerrero Jr. and just what he's been able to do. Yesterday he went 0-5, for 5, but before that had four straight days of home runs. He's, uh, he's looking so... So good, so poised, batting three thirty three overall in 14 games. But, Bruce, for Jays fans who want to see this guy up, I'm amongst them. I'm like, yes, I don't care about the future contract stuff. I want to see the new shiny toy. What do you say to that? Is, that, is it something Jays fans just said we have to realize that's probably not the most prudent business move for the team? Well, and, and beyond just business moves, so the, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. seems to be the real thing. And there haven't been a lot of those come through the Jays' system as unambiguously kind of dominant at the minor league level as him. And this season, there were times where we went, you know what, maybe if they just were going to sell tickets, mm-hmm. they could bring this kid up. But the thing is, one player doesn't sell tickets. And that's what kind of, that to me is the kind of bigger problem of the Jays and Vladdy Guerrero as a concept is he can come up here and he can be, he won't be Mike Trout, but let's say he's 80% of Mike Trout. That's your absolute best case scenario. Sure. Um, and he comes up and he does that and does that mean he's as good as Carlos Delgado was? Does that mean he's as dominant within the realm of baseball for his position as Roy Halladay was? Those guys didn't sell tickets, right? Like that's one guy point. doesn't sell tickets in baseball. And so that's where the state of the Jays, you don't want to bring him up because you don't want to really want to put him in that clubhouse, do you? Like this kind of unhappy, semi-toxic, kind of aimless, endless, mediocre clubhouse. Is that going to help his development? Probably not. So... This comes back to why the clubhouse is where it's at right now and where the state of the Jays is and when what they're going to be when Vladdy Guerrero gets here. So let's say he didn't come up this year. Let's say it's next year. What are they going to be? They didn't get the sell-off they wanted in terms of a lot of different players. Josh Donaldson, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in, a, in an alternate universe, if they rebuild a year ago and they trade Donaldson at closer to the height of his powers for picks, prospects, whatever it is, guys who are a year away or even two years away, um, if they trade Marco Estrada last year, same thing. If they if they move the guys when it was time to move them, when it was clearly the end of contention for this team, then Vladdy comes up, and within two years you've got other players coming up with him. And right, right. now, the Jays are kind of lucky in that they've still got a really good farm system. They've got the third-ranked farm system in baseball. You just wonder how much better it could have been and how much faster a rebuild could have been, at which point, if, if he's the centerpiece of a good team, Vladdy Guerrero is going to be an unbelievable thing to watch in Toronto in the context of a bigger team. If he comes up and this team isn't good around him, good enough around him, then he could still be great. 
but it just won't be the same. Yeah, and Bruce, you are so right because the names you listed off too, Roger Clemens. Like at the, this yep. was before we knew all the steroid stuff. Hottest pitcher in baseball, like that was as big a star power you could get. And if the team isn't good, it doesn't move the needle. You might get the odd person come out for a curiosity, but it's not going to pack the house. Much different than. In basketball, of course, where you can have literally one guy, he can sell tickets and turn a whole team around instantly. Well, and also in basketball, because of that one guy theory, Andy, like when LeBron James comes to town, you're selling that game out, yes. right? Like yeah. when the stars come and there's enough stars across the league in basketball that you can do that. The funny thing with the Jays is the whole reason that they didn't rebuild is exactly what you talked about, is that what we discovered about this incredible Jay's fan base that was kind of reanimated in 2015 and is only only really petered off this year is when it's good they're they're here and that's why they waited too long that's why yeah. they waited too long to rebuild Mark Shapiro basically admitted that back in December of last year he said you know we would have hit the reset button a year and a half ago if not for the fans well the fans probably would have appreciated it if he had been able to just say you know what yeah the money's rolling in but it's we want to get ready for the next wave of money or whatever you want you could they could have sold that and they didn't and so that's kind of that's the trick with this team and again the fact that their farm system is as strong as it is is a credit both to this era of jay's management and the previous one Mm -hmm. um but if you were running this organization in the optimal way in the way that absolutely prepared you for the future and made the break from the previous era at the right time then i think that this jay's organization would have a brighter future than it has now. As it stands, they're probably lucky to be in as good shape as as they're in. In conversation with Bruce Arthur from the Toronto Star on Twitter, at Bruce underscore Arthur. And Bruce, you're so right with that, because especially Shapiro admitting, oh, we probably should have without instead of the fans. Well, your your management, you're getting paid to make these tough decisions and to plan for the future when that team, as it was, was not good enough and in that off season off of the second playoff year where you needed to get younger you needed to get faster you got the injured old sluggish steve pierce as soon as i saw that bruce i was like that's done it's over and the team they and for this year too coming in saying we could be a wild card team come on well i mean tennis morales congratulations that's yeah. done great B- big right? one well, granderson and that was and that, and that morales was the guy who replaced Edwin Encarnacion. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons, and I, and I don't know this for sure, but my reading on this has always been this. One of the reasons that this front office didn't pull the trigger when they could have, um, when they had the, when they, when the time was right baseball-wise, in no other way but only baseball-wise, I, I think they knew, they clearly knew that that was probably the right thing to do. I think they lacked, I would say this, they lacked the political capital with the fan base maybe to do it Um, because there's never been kind of a warming between this front office and the fan base that's been fairly standoffish on both sides, partly because of the way the Alex Anthopoulos era ended, partly because of the way this organization does its job now. There's a lot of things that I think these guys are pretty tenured about, and and I think they're a little bit scared of the market um, and resentful of a lot of the, the way they were treated when they came in. I don't think they had the, I don't think they had the kind of political capital to do that because and, like, Alex Anthopoulos could have done that. If you'd given him a new contract and he'd been here long enough, he understood the market, there was a trust that was built up over time, then maybe he would, it would have been easier for him to do it. But also, you have to point to ownership, right? Like, you have to, ownership has to say, look, we may be making a lot of money, but you do what you need to baseball-wise, and you need to make that explicit. And I'm not clear that that's what happened. I mean, you can say it, but a, a committed, involved owner 
We'll be able to say, look, is, it, is now the time to cut bait and we'll eat it for a couple of years and then we'll have a, a, a much better chance at a rebirth. And it doesn't seem like that happened, at least in this era of the Jays. And last one for you here, Bruce, we'll switch over to the Maple Leafs. Less than a month away from training camp. We're all salivating. Don't want to, <laughs> don't want to wish away the summer. It's been a great weather summer, but hockey season here. There are so many different angles or storylines you could you could dive into what's the one storyline you're most looking forward to because you could go to Varys, the line uh, how is the line going to be structured what's going to be done on defense the captaincy like is there one storyline with the maple leafs going into training camp that jumps out to you well and you're right and you can you can pick out a ton of different things like watching how's mitch martin going to play with john travera uh, yeah like that 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 alone is fascinating because it has contractual obligations which have a huge impact on the future of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Huge. Um, because if, if Mitch Marner is getting a $9 million contract rather than a $7 million contract, that makes a big difference. Um, the thing I'm most interested in with this team is last year it felt like this team kind of waited. It waited to be really good. It figured it would save itself a little bit until the playoffs and was playing a long t- for a long time like a team that looked like it was ready to play 100 games. And that's kind of, if you listen to going into the playoffs, that's kind of where they were. I want to see how this team manages itself as a would-be contender this year because there's no more waiting around. Last year you could say, you know what, they got one first-round playoff series. It's, they're not quite there yet. This is going to. This should be a top-five team in the NHL this year. This should be a top-five team in the NHL that has realistic hopes of going not just one round of the playoffs but several rounds in the playoffs. These guys should be good. And so how do you learn to be a contender, to pace yourself at the right time, to go at the right time? To build up, it's like a heavyweight fighter or an Olympic athlete getting ready for the big event. Well, they have to train all the way through the season for that big event. Are they going to be ready when the playoffs comes? Because uh, during the regular season, lots of stuff's going to go up and down. We'll see if they stay healthy. We'll see how Tavares fits in. There's all this, all this, all these incredible dynamics on a team that I keep saying it. There are eight centers that have scored 60 goals combined over the last two years and three of them play for the Leafs. Wow. So, uh, like, it's 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 kind of amazing what they've got here. They don't even need a fourth line center. How good can they be as a team? How, how, how will Mike let them play? How will, ba- will Babs let them run? Because this team has, uh, the center depth is at worst the third best in the NHL, depending on how you feel about the Pittsburgh Penguins and maybe mm-hmm. a couple other teams. And they've got almost everything you want. How good can they be as a team in terms of building for what should be a really highly anticipated platform? Oh, it's going to be so fun, Bruce, to just follow along with the journey on this less than a month away. Bruce, thank you so much as always. Andy, my pleasure, man. All right, Bruce Arthur, Toronto, star, columnist, must follow on Twitter, at Bruce underscore Arthur.